That segment was brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast just as great as this in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, season two, episode three, we had to pump the brakes on Brady's episode because we had a dear friend of the program heading to Greece to play professional water polo. Professional. And don't you worry, we found a way to tell him that he was washed up. But we had to get that interview in before he left for Greece because that was going to be a little tricky. So, welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. Come get me All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now in the presence of a man that we are good friends with, dear friends of the program, water polo player, three-time NCAA champion at UCLA, a finalist for the water polo Heisman. He played professional water polo in Australia, Italy, Spain, and he's going to Greece to start another season this Saturday. He's a USA men's national team member and a hopeful member of the Tokyo 2021 Olympics. Please welcome Matthew Farmer. Thanks for having me, boys. Hell yeah. Super glad to have you, man. All right, so what is this Heisman-esque water polo nomination? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it works the same as most sports. The Heisman, you think about, like, there's a finalist for the best player of the year that people vote on, coaches vote on, and I was one of the four finalists in 2017, my senior year of college. That's all it is. And what's that award called? The Catino Award. So Pete Catino was a legendary coach at California Berkeley. That's who the award is named after. And you were in the final contention for that? That's pretty sick. That's correct, yeah. It was a pretty sick weekend. Like, they, the Olympic Club hosts the event. They flew us out. I was actually in Australia at the time, transitioning from going from Australia to New Zealand. And, like, they covered my flights going from Australia to, um, to San Francisco, then back to Auckland, New Zealand. So that was tight. That's freaking yeah. awesome. Don't – dude, how did you get there, though? Like, I mean – in order to be nominated for that, you were clearly dominating. Yeah, I mean, I, my last year was a, definitely a breakout year for me at UCLA. I, I came into the program really, really green. And um, coming from Chicago, especially for those who don't know, it's like not an area that's super well known for water polo. And uh, California dominates. And I had to work really, really hard to get to be where I was as a member of that team. And Three years, played behind an incredible, incredible center, and then my senior year got the chance to be a starter 
and really had my chance to step into the spotlight. And I think I played really well and uh, played my role. You're not the only one who thought you played pretty well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To get nominated for something like that is just one of the highest accolades a collegiate athlete can get. Appreciate so um, we ask everybody these questions. So how tall are you? I am six foot three. I think 6'3 is generous, but, like, you know, 6'3. <laughs> Brady is rolling in his grave right now. Brady is a firm believer that if you're over 6'2, you always say 6'7. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to start saying I'm 6'7. <laughs> I always know. So, how tall are you for your player profile? Yeah. Six, seven. yeah. Just throw it down. Yeah. Who's going to tell you not? No, you yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so 6'3", we know you're a water sports guy, but have you ever dunked a basketball? So, guys, I have tried. No. <laughs> I think it's one of the things, like, there's a couple things on my list of stuff I'll probably never be able to do. Jumping was something that my friends always made fun of us at weights at UCLA. We'd always do, like, vertical tests and stuff, and I was always the worst. Like, by far, my, my roommate and I were always the worst. It was pretty embarrassing. So, no. That's, that's super funny. It's one of those things where, I like, the – the tests of if you test every animal on their ability to climb a tree and you ask a goldfish to do it, obviously it's going to feel It's going to be a little floppy, yeah. (laughs) But, like, the guy who can't jump is now nominated for the water polo Heisman, and it's like, where does that uh, skill and ability fucking translate? And if you can't jump, you can still be very good in water polo. Yeah, So that's awesome to still know. That's hilarious. I've never thought about it that way. That's a good way to put it. Um, And then final start question. Um, are you washed up? Uh, as of right now, you know, I don't think so, but you know, right in the future, we'll see. <laughs> I will be washed Con- up. At some continuing point. your professional career, going to Greece this Saturday is yeah. a pretty good indication that you are not washed up in water polo, in water polo, swimming for sure. Yeah, there Any we go. I knew we'd get you. You're yeah, definitely you're right. washed up. In the speed category in yeah. the pool. Yeah. Speed is actually one of my best assets in the water polo game, but I would get crushed by any college swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. You didn't go to college for swimming, so <laughs> you're all good in that department. Yeah, we're fine there. So what's like a, a day in the life of a professional water polo player when you're in Greece or Italy or Spain? Like what was your daily routine? Yeah, all right, that's a good question. So last year, uh, so in Europe, the schedules kind of shifted backwards. So most of our training, like in the U.S., we start really early. That's our thing. Get up at 5.45, go to weights, and then your day starts, right? Mm. Uh, the day starts way later, so we wouldn't be at training till 9.30, 10 a.m. So when I was in Spain, I was at a great club that had awesome resources. So I'd get up, same time, I like to get up around 8, have a, the same breakfast every single day. Go to yoga. Which is, what's the breakfast? The breakfast, yeah, is always overnight oats with some berries. And if I'm trying to gain weight, I'll usually have like two eggs with some vegetables as well on top of it. But definitely oatmeal to start my day every time. Good. You've got me on that train. I'm a big fan of the overnight oats. I've been trying to get Brez to do overnight oats, dude. I like (laughs) bought him all the stuff and made it for him. How many times have you made it, Brez? Dude, once, I've twice. made it twice. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you fucker. I know. I, dude, I've been it's, lacking on it. It's all right. You're doing good. I'm, I'm trying. I'm getting better about it. Yeah, Brez is on his, his lose train right now, which yeah. is going really well. Yeah. Yep. 
We're moving. We're Two moving my own horn on that one. Heck yeah. Moving Down in the right direction. Washed up guy. Yeah. Lose some weight. Yeah. Trying to be less washed up. <laughs> Trying to get back in the pool. Hey, washed up is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. We're changing the narrative. No, I'm <laughs> taking advantage of it, dude. <laughs> exactly. But so we start with a good hearty breakfast. We move to the gym. Yeah. Moving right to the pool. So, so uh, just last year specifically, I would like to keep this routine if I was able. Uh, I really like to do yoga in the morning. Uh, I think it's great for stability and strengthening the muscles you don't focus on usually. So that's helped me. I've, I've dealt with shoulder issues my whole career, and um, it's been a noticeable difference just with adding yoga to my routine uh, and how much better I feel playing, or like less bad at least. <laughs> uh, and then from yoga, have maybe a, a little bit of a break, have a coffee, and then right to, to the gym. For, for weights, uh, it, it, it differs from program to program. When I was in Italy, we were in a gym that was all machines and stuff. And I was in Sicily, so um, the equipment wasn't as uh, modern as, as when I was in Spain. I was in a CrossFit gym. Uh, so that's been really – that's been big great. That, I think, has added to my to my ability in the water a lot is that cross-training. CrossFit has been awesome uh, for the training outside of the water, translating mm-hmm. into the water just doing something difficult and then cardio and then something difficult. It really translates to water polo well. Uh, and then have a break in the middle of the day, uh, go home or stay whatever the day entails and then have a night training from seven thirty to 10. So, oh, and, wow. yeah, yeah. Tra- it, so like I said, the schedule shifted back pretty late. So I probably wouldn't be eating dinner till around 11 o'clock. Jesus. Yeah. Then just go to bed and start the day over. Five days a week, probably a game on Saturday, Sunday off. I like to get um, a swim in on Sunday, just a, a thousand yards or something, stretch out and do a lot of bands and rehab work. Does eating that late mess up your sleep schedule at all? Um, you, I thought that it would, but once you get into a routine, I mean, that's what the body reacts to, right, is routines. So yep. when I'm ready to go to bed, it's just eat, brush your teeth, go to bed. It ended up being fine. The first couple of weeks, maybe I needed some melatonin to go to bed, but... Otherwise, um, it, I'm pretty good at falling asleep. I think yeah. that's, that's like one of my best attributes is all my friends get super mad at me. We'll be like watching a movie one night and they just turn over and I'm snoring yeah. super loud. Dude, that, I've always been jealous of people's ability to just do that. Yeah. Like it takes me concentration to fall asleep. Right. And when somebody has that ability, I'm just like, I get it. Like, I would take advantage of that if I had the opportunity. It's funny that you say that. So many people struggle with sleeping. I had a goalie, incredible athlete at UCLA, um, was uh, a winner of the Catino Award, the Heisman for water polo, my sophomore year when we won a national championship, uh, who could not sleep at night. Dude just was up all night, all the time. And, yeah, I think that's a, a really pervasive issue in our society today. Yeah. Yeah. I'd it agree. really is. I I still struggle with sleep, but like, I love staying up. No. So like, that's part of the problem. Yeah. It's like, once you're the last person up, it's like nobody expects anything from me right now. You know? Let's, yeah. Let's have an hour. It's more. me time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so on a day to day, you wake up at eight and you go through your day. You're not getting into the water until ten ish. 
Into the water in the morning? Yeah, into the water during a day of training. Uh, uh, so after weights, we go directly to the pool. The morning is reserved mostly for conditioning. So after your weight session, you'll go directly to the pool and swim between three and a half to four grand or whatever your program is. I'm not sure what the, the team in Greece is going to be like, but my coach in Spain had us swim a lot. Uh, when I was in Italy, the beginning of the week was swimming, and then the end of the week, you'd go to weights and go to the pool and get some shots up, maybe get some uh, power plays, some power play work. I'd probably refer to that as man up from here on yep. out. But, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, because when I – like even in high school when we would go lift before a practice, you could just feel it in your legs, in yeah. your arms. Like if I lift, – we lifted before basketball practice, and like the first couple of shots – are just like, oh, man, ah, fuck. Like, when does that wear off? Like, when, after you get in the pool, after working out, are you like, okay, now I'm getting it. Like, do you have that effect still? Uh, yeah, it's totally. Yeah, I think it affects you at least for the morning training. Uh, that's why you have to be really conscious, especially when you get to a high level. Like, when you're in college, when you're in high school, your coaches are always telling you, like, push yourself as hard as possible. Like, that's how you get better, training your mind as well as your body, which is great. But it's really important that you don't overtrain as well. So at, at, at the professional level, I think your coaches trust you a little bit more. Right. To see, And I still – push myself really hard that's been a, um, a theme in my life but I've also pushed myself too hard where I've, I've come away with injury and had to really work hard to get back and uh, so I just being smart about it you know you, you obviously still have that that the soreness or the stiffness from lifting you just have to be careful right mm-hmm. yeah I mean you've been to pretty like some pretty remarkable places between Australia Spain Italy and now you're going to Greece I mean, it would be hard to throw Greece in because you haven't been there yet, but do you have a favorite place that you've played? Oh, that's a good question. Um, favorite place that – they've all been so different, mm-hmm. so different. Uh, I really enjoyed Italy. I really liked the culture. Um, it was – you know, we trained hard, and the rest of the time it was it was pretty casual. You know, um, I think the, the life is, you know, go to a bar, have a – one drink or whatever. Uh, that was something I really noticed. Uh, the drinking cultures versus in the U S versus Australia and versus Europe. Like in Europe, they really, my first day in Europe, um, I went out for a couple of drinks with some guys and I was on my third beer and everyone else was on their first. And they were like, <laughs> dude, slow down. And I was like, Oh, Oh, you guys just really drink slow. I, I was coming off a season in Australia where dudes just Pound beer. <laughs> and, and oh my god, they can, they can put it down. Yes, some bosses. Uh, it was you know, but it, it's cool to see that, that that difference in the culture as well. But mm-hmm. Italy was Italy was great. I would like to return to Italy. There's a couple teams in Italy I'd like to play for um, in the future. I wanted. To, I was thinking about going there this year. Uh, the offers, a couple came in, and the one from Greece just ended up being the best. That's awesome. Yeah, that's sweet. Now, how does that? How does that go down? Do you have an agent or does that go through you? So you have the option. I mean, there's agents out there that you can use, but obviously they take part of your salary. Of course. Um, So ideally you do it by yourself. I'm very lucky that um, the USA national team coach is very well connected in the water polo world. So if you wanted to play abroad, you wanted to play professionally, I go to him first and he's a guy who can point me in the right direction. I'm also very lucky that my college coach at UCLA played professionally for a long time, was a three-time Olympian, uh, silver medalist. Uh, so he has a lot of connections he can leverage too. Uh, but it's just the connections you build. This Italy was the first time I was really playing professionally. And uh, the team reached out to me 
because of a recommendation from an Italian guy, a guy who lit, lived in Italy, who played at UCLA with oh, me, wow. who was a senior when I was a freshman, and we've stayed connected, we're good friends, and he told this team about me, and they reached out, haven't looked back since. That's awesome. That's so sweet. Yeah. So, like, going from high school to college, one of the biggest differentiators in the sport was, like, immediately was the speed. Yeah. Um, just the, the pace of play is so much faster. Yeah. And everyone in the pool is so much better. What's the biggest differentiator between the collegiate level and the professional level? In my own – and the professional level? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think – you know, in, in the States, we're really blessed. We get to watch a lot of professional sports. And I think the the ones that understand sports the best have, have systems, you know, coaches mm-hmm. have systems, um, in the college, in the college system. Cause you never know what players you're going to get. And the, the, the turnover is so quick, right? So you have guys for four years and that's it. Maybe. Um, so you have to have a system that you're willing to plant guys in and rotate them out. Um, in the professional level, you might get guys who sign contracts for a couple years. Um, I think it's a lot more individual play on the professional level. I think water polo has a long way to grow in mm-hmm. balancing the two. But in, in, on the professional level, you'll get guys and stars on teams who can do things by themselves. Yeah, where they get more ball outrageous talent. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, in college, we re- at UCLA specifically, we really had a defined system where if you were committed to your role and playing your role, the best you possibly could you were probably going to be have some some success um in in europe in the professional level it's not like that it's not like you're getting plugged in to a system it's more you have to find your your style of play and you have to fit it into how everyone else is playing just play around them how hard of a transition was that were you able to find like a niche right away or no it was very difficult so i actually went to a team my first year that had a great center. So I play center position. I'm like right in front of the goal. It's comparable to a center in basketball where I have to hold position or in hockey even right in front of the goal Mm -hmm. just to take position. And then obviously I'm close to the goal. So I have the best chance to score. Um, but I really had to learn. So I was on a team that had a couple incredible, incredible players. So just basing my game off of them, it took a while because I was constantly confused. Uh, like, what does the coach want me to do? Mm-hmm. It, but every time it was like, oh, it depends on the situation. And it's really, you just have to have IQ about the game. And uh, in college, it was like, I had such a defined role. Mm-hmm. It made things easier and, yep. and it simplified the game. Um, yeah, it, it took me a while. I think it, not, it didn't really click. Until this last season, I was in Spain for the first half and I was still kind of struggling with that transition. And then I played, we, we were in, I was in Spain for five months and then we had a break that was two months long because we were preparing for the Olympics. It was an Olympic year, mm-hmm. 2020, obviously it's changed now, but during that year they give you two months off to play with your national team. So all yep. the professionals would go play with their national team. So we had a trip um, over in January and December. Uh, we were in Italy for a couple weeks. We were in Greece for a couple weeks. And then we went to Australia for a couple weeks uh, to train common with those national teams. And I think about halfway through that trip, it finally clicked for me that I really had to be an individual player and and find my niche within that team. And I'm hoping sure. I can carry that forward. Uh, I was really excited to play the second half of last year because I really think it was the most I had improved since my college career, since that jump to, mm-hmm. from being a backup to a starter. Um so hopefully I can carry that through to the future. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what I can do this next year in Greece and with the national team. Absolutely. That's a sweet 
just experience to have. Mm -hmm. Like going from high school being the man, Mm -hmm. then having to learn because there's already somebody better than you. And you're like, how do I get from where I was in high school to now being better than the guy that's better than me? Yeah. Which is just has to be a culture shock right when you walk in the door. Absolutely. Once you dive in the pool, you're like, oh, shit, I'm not the man anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy. And so basketball, obviously, the center is the tallest, usually just by definition. And in hockey, it's usually the biggest or the strongest. What's the factors that go into being a center for water polo? Um, I would say it's it's similar. So the center is usually the heaviest, strongest guy who goes in. Your job is just to put whoever's on you behind you and hold position. Um, there's there's the ability to be uh, – so I'm small for a center. I'm only 6'3". I'm around 220 pounds right now. I'd like to play at about five pounds heavier than I am right now. But um, most of the centers, I say the average size is between 6'5 to 6'7". 240 to 260. Um, so I think that I'm a pretty unconventional center. Uh, I said a little bit before that speed was one of my attributes that I right. use the most. So um, when you play professionally, uh, I not in college, but in professional, the pool is bigger. So it's instead of 25, you play 25 yards in high school, then you play 25 meters in college. I think it should change to 30 meters. But in professional, it's 30 meters by eight lanes. So it's a really oh, big pool. Yeah. So I struggle a bit against bigger guys because I'm not as big. Right. So I really have to do a lot of my work in transition. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a positioning battle. It's if you can get a, a body length lead, a half body length lead in front of somebody, cutting someone off, looking for the ball as you're going down the pool. Um, I think transition, obviously, in those two other sports, basketball and hockey, is crazy, crazy important. The game doesn't move as quickly as basketball and hockey. The, the situation doesn't change because you're swimming versus running or skating. Right. Sure. Um, so you have more time to see those advantages in transition. So I think I have more of an opportunity to work in transition than maybe a basketball player or a hockey player. It's interesting. And for those listening, uh, Matt's quadriceps are as big as both of my thighs. <laughs> so probably combined. Yeah. And the cops are coming and the <laughs> fire trucks are coming because – Matt's thighs are weighing down the entire (laughs) studio right now. Um, You got some good legs, man. Um, Appreciate it. Always has to. Yeah, I guess we can just lean into that question real quick. How much does uh, your weightlifting pride yourself on your legs versus your upper body, or do you try and even it out? That's a really good question. Matt and I were actually talking about this earlier. Uh, So I have never been able to squat a lot of weight. I've never been able to push a lot with my legs. Um, I, my legs are fine um, in the gym. Uh, I think the upper body stuff translates more because you're wrestling with the person you're guarding or the mm-hmm. per- person that's guarding you physically with your upper body. And your legs aren't necessarily pushing weight because the resistance is the same mm-hmm. for everyone when you're in the water. Sure. It's about repetition. It's about your, your flexibility and your hips so I can like really get my legs wide yeah. and have a stable base and my legs just got to churn as fast as possible. That's where your strength comes from and your explosivity from your speed of your legs. I've got like pretty skinny calves and my legs, you know, that. so the pushing of the weight with my lower body is really important to have lower body stability. Mm-hmm. Um, like your core and your, your legs, but uh, I would say your repetition and your speed is more important for strength when you're playing water polo. So literally your legs are just there to keep you afloat. Exactly. Everything else is a fight above. Uh-huh. Yeah. 100%. It's a propulsion system essentially. And the crazy thing was 
when we like I Matt and I started playing water polo together when we were like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And this kid could throw anybody back. Like <laughs> he had the best body control of anybody I'd ever played he had against. The best body. <laughs> That's true good, too. Got a good body. Dude, we were some thick honeys as little kids. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some awesome pictures of Matt and I when we were we we swam against each other in like country club when we were really little and there's these awesome pictures of us on podiums together and all these skinny little swimmers and matt and i are so fat yeah <laughs> so fat dude, dude we could have bodied those kids yeah. <laughs> they were like 90 pounds and we were pushing like 140 like, <laughs> so for you two like uh we talked to actually our first episode of season two this new thing we're doing we talked to brez about going from swimming to water polo mm-hmm. and eventually like making it into the pool and being like well i call this home now yeah. where most kids growing up our age are like let's get on land let's play baseball maybe some basketball but yeah. how did you get into the water yeah i mean so i i started swimming what this early as i can remember like my dad was a swimmer um, there it is. He swam in high, he swam in college a couple years. He played water polo in high school uh, at our high school um, that Matt's dad also attended. Um, you can say the name. Don't even worry about Dr. it. Dr. Bresnan? Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Brez, seven yeah. foot Dr. Brez. Giant human being. Went to Fenwick as well. But yeah, so he got me in the water really early and I always felt so comfortable in the water. I was always a very good swimmer. Um, and then when I found water polo, I just realized how much more I liked it, loved right. it than swimming. Um, because yeah, that's was, a sport that you physically get to compete in. Right. Obviously with swimming, you're competing, but there's no like, it's virtually it's all mental for you to like push to get through. Like there's nobody other than like looking to your side and be like, well, I have to beat this guy in water polo. It's like, I have to beat this guy or else I drown. Yeah. You know, like it's the fight or flight kind of thing. Same with uh, basketball occasionally where you're like, I have to score again this guy. I have to get around him. Um, And scoring kind of leans me into a question that I'm very curious about. We'll leave it at the collegiate level because I'm sure in high school the record is just stupid. But most goals in a game by you in college. Mm. In college? I think like four. But the the other thing is with centers – is the generation of man ups or power plays? Yeah, that fucking kid can gener- That fucking kid, being Matt, <laughs> can put anybody through the spin cycle and get a five meter, which is a penalty shot, or draw an ejection, which sets up the power play. I'm right. really appreciating the uh, jargon that can relate to both ways. Uh, yeah. yeah, because not all of our people listening will know. Uh, what your man ups and all that stuff, but now that you put it in retrospect of penalties and all that stuff, yeah, the relatable term. So I'm very appreciative of that. I think it's easy to explain when it, a power play works just like in hockey. Um, you know, you have six players in the water to their five, and ejection is earned. It's not so much a penalty like slashing is in hockey, but if you win a position battle you're not going to be able to finish if someone drowns you. Right. Like if someone's mm-hmm. putting both their hands down, so if you have an advantage and you are going to be able to score and someone puts you under the water, like if I receive the ball and I'm right in front of the goal and I'm going to score, if someone takes me down, they're going to get ejected. Ejections don't last as long as they do in hockey. It's mm-hmm. only one possession, but they occur much more commonly. Yeah. So we'll have sure. between 10 and 15 uh, power plays a game. A game? Yeah. 
So most of your goals are scored during power plays. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was one of the fastest things that I realized going from high school to college yeah. was the importance of the man up. Of offense. taking advantage of that. Yeah. yeah. And especially as like a left-handed attacker, the sixth position, you're, you're usually kind of start – well, in, in Bucknell's system, the sixth, which is common, the position that I played sure. – on the right side of the pool starts the rotation yes starts your play i'll bring the ball inside of two meters which allows another post yeah yeah. um kind of lost my train of thought there but (laughs) kind of transitions going from the youth question that you asked cliff um into my next question was you were obviously the most talented kid in the pool from like a really young age. But when did you kind of recognize that you were like elite, that this is something you wanted to do That's almost awesome full question. time. Yeah. And you just, you kind of just looked at yourself and you're like, I got it. Um, good question. Uh, it's tough to say. Um, I think I always just loved playing so much and I always wanted to be in the water and, and challenging myself to play against the best guys as much as I could. And I think maybe freshman year of high school, when we won a state championship, we weren't really supposed to. Coming in as a freshman, mm-hmm. scored four goals in a state championship game. That's when I realized, like, I really could do something with you this. You belong here. Yeah, this is this is my thing. And uh, I, I knew I wanted to play in college because I just it came down to me. Just I wanted to keep playing. I mm-hmm. love the sport so much, and I just want to do it as long as I can. See, that's where we're at. But now we've already either our bodies told us we can't keep playing or we've been cut or can't keep playing so, so I that's dominate need, the pickup game yeah bro. so that's where we need to like try and find that outlet that we can do because obviously i still love baseball Brett still loves being in the pool but like how do we find that whole thing and like we need a uh outlet to express this competitive energy because yeah. If we don't, everybody thinks we're fucking psychotic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the fact that you've been able to move it and mold it to your way and make a living yeah. is outstanding. It's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. And I think exactly what you're saying. I think that that competitive energy can apply to anything in life either, right? Yep. Whatever you do, you guys probably go into there wanting to be the best. And maybe mm-hmm. you aren't, but at least trying to be great at whatever you're doing is something that is such an awesome quality that sports give kids. And that's why I think that every kid should be involved in sports at a young age till you know, as long as they can or as long as they don't find something else that they love more. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of going back to that – harnessing the competitive energy and kind of using that to build and sustain uh, success. I mean, this whole COVID thing, I mean, it it threw your season for a total loop. Like how were you able to motivate yourself and kind of push yourself during this whole quarantine and being out of the water for an extended period of time, probably the longest you've been in God knows how long. Um, yeah, I, I, it's really luck. So it's it was really tough for a while when you're just stuck in your home and you're trying to stay in shape. You don't know when you're going to be back. I was really lucky to be here in Chicago. Things opened a, a little bit earlier than in California, where most of my teammates live. Um, things are all have been shut down, shut down. They guys are struggling to find pool time, gym time. Here in Chicago, I've been very fortunate. I have a 
pool down the street from my house that uh, I've been using since basically day one that uh, we've been in quarantine. So I've been able to keep up my cardio in the pool, keep up my feel for the water. Um, been lucky again to, I go to a CrossFit gym in Westmont. It's called Iron Flag Fitness. It's a great place. <laughs> but Shout it out. Shout it out, yeah. Um, it, yeah, just those competitive environments like the CrossFit gym, like whatever you're doing, you can compete in a fun way. And mm-hmm. I just, that's been so great for me to keep that competitive spirit up. It'd be the same thing as like keeping your heart rate and your lungs going, going to play pickup basketball, something competitive right. to get yourself to drive. Like doing oh, yeah. weights in your basement by yourself is tough. Gives you nothing. Yeah. You have no motivation to yeah. do that. It's you, really hard. You need somebody else trying to outdo you yeah. in order to get to that next level where like that's how you train. For sure. And – that leads me to a fun question. If you weren't playing polo and you had the opportunity to, what sport would you love to play? I love basketball. Yeah. I would love to play basketball. <laughs> I think it's the most similar to water polo in terms of positioning and spacing. Um, obviously, I have not even close to the skill set to right. play basketball at <laughs> right. any yeah. sort of high level. We weren't even talking about yeah. that. We weren't even talking about yeah. that. But I, did, I was curious about that because – a lot of the like motion, a lot of the things you guys were saying sounds very similar to basketball, except for like the man down and stuff like yeah. that. But like, um, you're a fan of basketball, obviously. Yeah, love basketball. So where do the uh, similarities lie between offensive movements with basketball? So, so the spacing is is a great example. So your center is trying to take up space in the most dangerous part of the court, right? Right in front of the basket. If you leave that person alone, they're gonna score. Same thing in water polo. You have to have someone or multiple people guarding the person in the center. It becomes uh, a little more important in water polo because guys aren't just raining threes in water polo. Right, yeah, right. You have to put pressure on the perimeter. If you wait back off of someone, you force them to shoot a ball so the water polo goal looks kind of like a soccer goal and you have a goalkeeper in the goal. So if you're shooting a ball, you have to shoot it as hard as you can and you might be shooting through a few hands, like people right. trying to block you, the goalie trying to block you. Um, so if there's – same thing if you're cutting to the basket in basketball. Um, you're, whoever's on the weak side or whoever's on the side the drive is going to has to come up and give you space. You can't be on top of each other. So I think a great way – so the, the knowledge uh, about water polo in the States but specifically in Chicago is a little bit lower – um, where kids kind of don't even know what it really should look like. Right. And when I tell kids, you know, if you don't want to go on the internet and watch water polo, watching basketball is a great way to understand how you should be positioning yourself in water polo. You know, you never see these great players on top of each other unless they're running some sort of isolation. Right. Even then they have enough spacing where there's other options. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good way. You're obviously elite and extremely talented, but what do you think goes farther in terms of a professional career, talent or work ethic? Ooh, that's tough. So obviously as an any sport, there's going to be guys who are just so talented. They're going to be able to be successful for a long period of time. But I think there's also that ability to be a guy like Jimmy Butler who comes in the league, yep. maybe isn't starting right away, but he has the chance to work up to a starting position, work up to becoming a, a superstar. I think that that uh, evolves. He has to be smarter than the guys 
who are superstars who can just like I can't just throw the ball super fucking hard from outside <laughs> and score a goal. Like that's not going to be my game. And right. But I can't have good defensive body positioning. I can not be a liability on defense. I can do my work uh, on offense and play my role. Uh, maybe I'm not going to score a ton of goals. Like I said, my most goals in a game in college was four. Um, and it might not even been in a big, big time moment. Um, but the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the guys who, who can just work, work hard enough to, to put in what it takes mentally and physically are going to be successful. I mean, I've just seen you countless times examining not just basketball. We've gone over like water polo videos and stuff together. Your in-depth knowledge of the game, how it works, and all of that stuff just goes to show how much work you put in outside of the pool kind of thing. Like, it's almost cerebral at that point. How much of the professional game is just kind of like a recognized react and almost instinctual positioning? A lot, a lot of the fun question. Yeah, a lot of the professional game is instinctual and reading off of what other players are going to do. Like, like I said, when I was in college, we had a system where I basically Mm -hmm. knew what my teammates were going to do at all times. So it was almost automatic. This guy was going to go here. I was going to move into the open space. You had to do a good amount of reading. Obviously, you play with freedom a little bit, but within the confines of your system. On the professional game, sometimes there won't be a system at all. So you really have to just read the game and have full awareness all the time. It's not as bad as in hockey where if I'm going one way, I turn my head and I turn back and the entire field is coming back the other way <laughs> yeah. because it doesn't move quite as fast. But it's still the same concept applies. You have to have total awareness of everything always. Yeah. I feel like no matter what level you play at, even from a kid, there's always that. If you don't have that instinct, yeah. you're not going to make a play. Yeah. Because I coached baseball and all that stuff. And if that kid didn't have the instinct right off the bat or anything like that, you're not making a play. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. you have to have that quick t- that quick twitch like right away to be like, that's where I need to be. That's where I need to get to. Yeah. And it's very easy to tell players. But it also comes from just active awareness. So I've been coaching water polo since I've been home in quarantine. That's been actually a blessing to be back, uh, to give back to the sport and where I grew up. Um, but so many of the problem is when people are getting pressured or, or even in the counterattack, they're so focused on what they're doing and what the person right next to them is doing that they don't know what's happening everywhere sure. else. You need to be looking everywhere all the time because the situation is constantly changing, just like any dynamic sport. Uh, and that's something that is super important, just always holding and watching. Got it. That's really interesting. Um, can you do me a favor and paint me a word picture of your favorite memory? Favorite memory? Damn, you Marvel? stole my next question. Um, yeah, favorite memory. Marvel. We can limit it to uh, either. We can do two of them if you got one that's on high school and one that's in college if you want. But um, a best, like, paint us where we're at, what's going on, like, what's the situation, and, like, what's at stake? Sure. So, okay, e- easy question. Um, so, like I said earlier, Chicago's not super known for water polo, and it really took a lot, a lot of growth, a lot of change as a person uh, to be able to play at a collegiate level at a high level. And I was fortunate enough to go to an incredible program where I had an awesome coach. Uh, my favorite memory was my senior year of college, uh, 2017. Uh, we were, I was on a team that lost a lot of seniors. Six All-Americans left my squad my Holy junior year, man. going into my senior year. 
And uh, so we weren't supposed to be anything. And all of us worked so hard the whole offseason. And we arrived to the NCAA final. It was against our crosstown rival, USC. Um, ooh, at their pool, which is an incredible aquatic center, a Yutang Zoo aquatic center, seating on both sides. So it's national championship game. USC fans on one side, UCLA fans on the other side. We're up one at the very end of the game. Uh, and our goalie, with we're protecting the ball with 30 seconds left, just trying to get out of the game. And their goalkeeper comes far enough out of the goal to try to put pressure on one of our players to try to make a steal. And our goalie from the far end of the pool throws it all the way down 25 meters right into the goal, sealing the game. And everyone just went crazy. <laughs> Still time on the clock. And the, into- the best part of the whole thing, UCLA fans going crazy, teammates going crazy, turn to the USC side and it's dead silent. Good Love turning, that. Turning back to them and saying, what do you have to say now after yeah. they're talking the whole game? The, the programs, you know, it's so personal at that level because we're so close. But yeah. Such a Dude, great memory. Regardless of what's at stake, if a goalie scores on you, oh, yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, you just got pwned. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Like, the- how do you feel coming out of your goal? Like, oh, I'm going to intimidate the shit out of this guy. No, you're a child. Hey, yeah. you're like fucked up. <laughs> the you're other really- thing, USC's pool is like, it's a legitimate coliseum. Yeah, it's You're very in the water, impressive. and then the stands go up. Like, there's like a 10-foot wall, essentially, and then there's the stadium. When so Rome. you're looking up. It is incredible. I mean, we, in my college career, we only played them in, like, preseason scrimmages. I could not imagine how live that would be in a packed house for a national championship. Yeah, That's it was, remarkable. It was incredible, definitely. And one of my favorite memories of my entire life, and so thankful that Water Polo was able to give that to me. Absolutely, man. I love great. that. I love that. It was awesome. Like, I... I'm so naive of water sports and just like talking to you. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I know it like the back of my hand. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's so around. yeah, it's so cool to get like a inside look of something that you know nothing about. And like, I didn't even talk like I knew anything about it. But now that after talking to you, I'm like, man, I hope you just take over the world now. <laughs> I and, appreciate like, that. You, you talk like you can, and I love that because um, how much of your game is brute force or strategic compared to like just like trash talking like do you love a good trash talk every once in a while or is there no room to trash talk because you'll drown (laughs) yeah so you really have to conserve your energy i specifically play a position that's very physically demanding so i really don't have a lot of breath to give nor is that really my personality to be talking smack i like to show what's what's going on with my play but there's definitely on on the perimeter uh, of, of, of the pool there's guys talking smack and if you score a goal you know people get in each other's faces and it gets it's a very physical game so it gets very personal um, I myself don't really get caught up in that kind of stuff uh, but it, there's definitely a place for it I love it have you had a good old like churn all the way up to the top and give a good old water smack down oh yeah the like water smack is definitely uh, important uh, so I didn't celebrate goals at all, basically my entire life until my senior year of college, <laughs> I just started. I mean, I just got so into the play; it was almost automatic. I didn't even think about it. Um, and then, like that national championship game, I was celebrating the hell out of my goals. Hell yeah! So, like, <laughs> Splash in the water and stuff. And in that environment, you know, you want your side of the of the pool, your UCLA fans, to be jacked up too, and you want to give a little bit. Of, if you can spare a tiny bit of energy. 
Hell to, yeah. To give it to him? Yeah, why not? And, Dude. and then take a break and rest. Yeah, Dude, if the crowd's getting into it and the momentum is riding, yeah, the pressure yeah. ramps up. Yeah. Like, that. that's so cool. Also, very quick logistical question. What are subs like in water polo? It's a good question. So, water polo, are, there's eight-minute quarters, four eight-minute quarters, uh, and I would say it's very, very rare that someone in my position plays more than four minutes a quarter. So ha- halfway through the quarter, if we're doing long shifts, we'll sub out after a goal in the middle of the quarter. I'll sub out. I'll wait the rest of the quarter, maybe finish the quarter. Um, uh, other guys who play the perimeter that play positions that maybe aren't quite as physically taxing can play longer minutes. Yeah. But I, it's very rare that someone plays an entire game. Very rare that someone plays an entire quarter, especially when you get to high levels. So, yeah, subbing. Uh, not like hockey. It'd be like basketball. Yeah. You know, when there's a dead time, you yeah. can check in. Yeah. That's interesting. I love that. If there's one thing you could add to your game moving forward into 2021, what would it be? Uh, I would think it would be versatility and uh, ability to finish to my left side. So if you can imagine uh, I'm playing center and my back is to the goal, my face is to my teammates who are going to mm-hmm. give me the ball. Mm-hmm. And when I receive it, I shoot and I do my moves very well to my right side where my strong hand is. Um, moving to my left side, so turning to my strong side, is something I'm not very good at, and that's something I need to continue to work on and add to my game. Hell yeah, man. If I could cut off my left arm and trade it with you, I'd do it. <laughs> Heck yeah, I would love it. If I know anything about you, you'll be able to learn how to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Brez, any final questions? Yeah, man. How – well, first of all, what's the name of the club you're playing with in Greece – and how can we see you play? Yeah, great. Thanks for asking. Uh, so it's GS Peristeri. They have a great basketball team. So uh, the way it works in Europe uh, that, you know, when a soccer club or a basketball club has an incredible program, they have the money to sponsor other teams. So that's what my club is doing. They're sponsoring my water polo team. Uh, the games will be streamed. Um, hopefully a couple will be on TV in Greece. But the streaming services are usually pretty good. I hope that all of our games will be streamed, maybe half of them. But I'll definitely get you guys the link and stuff uh, when I have that information. I haven't been super active about trying to find it. Yeah, that well, link will be in the bio. Yeah, you're part of the crew now. Appreciate it. Even course. though you're not washed up, you are washed, washed up, up swimming. Yeah, washed so, up in a couple ways. Yeah, you are washed up, but you are now going back to being a professional athlete. Yeah, right back but, to it. You've worked your ass off. You've done everything that your body can ask and your mind can ask, yeah. which hands off, hats off, all the things off to you because that is awesome. Appreciate and, it. And uh, we're glad to have a friend of the program in you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, boys. It's you know I love hanging out with you dudes, and it's been such a blessing to be back in Chicago for this time. And I know it's a tough time for a lot of people, um, but just to know reconnect with my roots and my guys has been huge. Dude, it's been such a blessing having you back, and words can't describe how proud of you we are. I mean, we started playing this game when we were like 10 years old, and every 10-year-old's goal is to go to the Olympics, and you are staring that in the face right now. To be there is just remarkable. Yeah. It's it's unlike anything else. You got all of us behind you, Hell which, yeah. is, which is nothing new to you because you got a great support system the other thing is anytime matt set out to do something in the game of water polo he's fucking done it so i mean we'll see i love you man yeah you're the best whatever you know whatever happens i'm gonna try my best and i think moving forward i won't have regrets 
You know, even Absolutely. if I make the team or don't, I think that's the key is trying your hardest and not regretting anything. Absolutely, yeah. man. And we also got a drop in by John Smith. John, thank you for letting us uh, use your studio. Of course, guys. <laughs> Happy to be here for the end of it. <laughs> Farmer, well, thank you so much. Everybody in our uh, program wishes you the best of luck. And uh, we're sad to see you go, but we're happy to see what you do. Fuck yeah. Can't wait to see you dominate in Greece. Thank you, boys. Yeah, Love we're going to be streaming and blacking out for you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Love it. Oh, man, you bet. You, I'm going to be betting heavy on the Greek water No, Brez is going to be having oatmeal and watching your game. Yeah. This is me now. Yeah. <laughs> you better get that rolling, Brez. Yeah. All right, Farmer, thank you very much, man. This is a blast. Thanks, guys. That was a blast with Matthew Farmer. He just got to Greece this past Saturday, so we all wish him the best. Hopefully his games can be streamed for us to enjoy. And that's been it for Season 2, Episode 3 of Washed Up. Have a great Monday. With me, get high and catch a vibe with me. This music that make you feel good. Do it for the real ones, do it while I still can. This is for the real fans. We're singing along with the set of light shows. I know, I ain't so fly, don't you think so too? Shawty tryna come through to kick it like kung fu. On the blood cruise with the sunroof open. I'm the one who everybody loves. Everybody wanna be like me. I cha cha real smooth. Do 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 do. I break rules and race roofs. Sip great goose with great juice. I make moves and I make the music and hey, loose, homie. This for a long time Can't think with the wrong mind Can't drift to the wrong tide Can't sink if it's all dry Land, one day you gotta learn to fly Curve the plot, cook it up, serve it hot Shorty thick like a car bomb Oh lord, won't quit till it's all mine on oh, God I've been steady trying to get in my way 